Keep it going. Keep it going. Welcome back to this episode of Not Absolutely Not. (laughs) We're going to give you a rundown of a movie that should make you feel some kind of way. If you have not, Lord help me, Jesus. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> okay, you know that's our full intro. <laughs> this is going. <laughs> I love it. I was trying to do a Negro spiritual, and I'm not good at them. So that's the best you got. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, <laughs> to this episode of Not Absolutely Not. We hope you enjoy <laughs> tomorrow's Negro Spiritual because you're probably going to want to be singing Negro Spirituals after we finish discussing this film. Will you or will you want to like shoot some people? Like I got real angry, but I was pretty angry too. And it's so uncomfortable to watch. It's like, yeah, this, this film should, this film should provoke lots of feelings. So, um, Tamora. Are you ready to get into this movie? I, I, um, you can see if you can see me on camera. I have a big look of disdain on my face. Um, I watched this movie already because Sharon made me watch it against my will, and then we put it in the rotation for our podcast, and I had to watch it again and ruin my weekend. So, that being said, um, lots of spoilers in this one. I mean. Be fair, if you know about slavery, everything's spoiled. Everything. Anyway. <laughs> but that being said, if you would like to abstain from listening to us until after you watch this film, please do so. Otherwise, once again, you have our half-ass rendition of this movie along with some expletives and some reactions from both of us. Facts. Uh, so the movie that we are going to be discussing today. Oh, did you already say that part? Did you say it was Annabelle? I didn't. I left it for oh, you. Oh, good. Okay. Well, now you told everybody. Now they know. Okay. So we're talking about Antebellum, which is a 2020 horror thriller rated R, an hour and 45 minutes. So I'm going to let Tamar give the rundown. It felt it felt like it was three hours it long. Did. It felt it like did. It, it did. was forever. It did. I'm not going to lie. It did feel long. Like I was like, okay, I'm ready to be done with this now. But only because the subject matter is so uncomfortable. So, Tamara, give us the rundown on Antebellum. I'm going to do it fast because it's giving me an attitude. I can feel right now I'm in a bad mood. (laughs) So, (laughs) Antebellum stars the beautiful Janelle Monae. If you don't know who she is, I mean, look it up and then learn something new. Um, She is Veronica and she is this... Superfly. Well, she's super fly, but beginning of the movie, she's a slave. She's living on a plantation. She's supposed to go by the name Eaton. She doesn't want to go by that name because her name is Veronica. And you see her being hauled in and branded until her name, she says her name is Eden. Bye. Do I need to say that the person branding her was white? I feel like that's not nothing I need to say. So the beginning of the film, you already see black people being killed by white people. 
black people being put out in fields, black people with old time slave torture devices around their heads. Someone's wife gets killed and everyone is being raped left and right by white men because that is what happened in slave days as much as we don't want to talk about it. So when I say that I have Norwegian and Irish ancestry, it is not because my African great, 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 great ancestor met a beautiful Irishman and they made beautiful babies. It was probably because she got raped several times. So that is what's happening in this movie. It's anger inducing. I'm saying it raw. I'm not using any of the pretty phases for phrases for you guys, because this is how I felt about it. It made me angry all over again. And so you see her during this movie interacting with quite a few different people. There are a few slaves that she tried to escape with that got caught. One got killed. There was a new batch of slaves that gets brought in. And one of them, um, I can't remember her name. Is it? Oh, oh the, um, Why am yeah. I her name is, um, I'll tell you because I wrote it down. Cause I just, uh, Julia. Julia. Julia comes in and Julia can't keep her shit together. Kersey Clemens is play, plays Julia. Um, she comes in and she is the pretty one because she is mixed and she has pretty hair. Um, so, of course, she's the beautiful one. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> so, Julia is like, I'm not with this slave shit. I need to get the fuck out of here. And I feel like Eden, you don't want to get me out of here because people talking. And she like, be quiet and just bide your goddamn time. Does Julia do that? No, Julia acts a hot ass mess the entire time. Putting because everybody at risk. First of all, she should. She should. It's fucking slavery. This shit sucks. I don't want to do this. Do you? Do anybody anybody out there? Anybody out there want to be a slave real quick? If so, dot matrix print out your address. <laughs> and mail it to me and let me know and I can put you to work on my property today. Why is it all dot um, matrix right now? Why is that the, the theme for today? <laughs> I want you to put some effort into it. I want to know that you really mean it. <laughs> so Julia's trying to get out of this this whole slave thing. She ends up killing herself. She's pregnant. I think she loses the baby because the guy who was getting ready to rape her, the white guy who was getting ready to rape her, kicked her in the stomach along all across her face where she's bruised. She loses the baby. She miscarries. She kills herself. She hangs herself because she can't hang on this long. It's been weeks. It's been weeks that they're on this plantation. And while you're watching the beginning of this fucked up ass movie, and I'm thinking to myself, why does Sharon got me watching this? And she know <laughs> I am not in the mood to revisit the past <laughs> at this level. While you're getting into it and you're getting angrier and angrier, mm-hmm. you see Eden Veronica falls asleep and then she wakes up and she is in this house with her handsome ass husband and her daughter, Kennedy. And you're like, what's happening? (laughs) Like, what is this? And they are just having this lovely relationship. Um, 
Eden Veronica. Wait, hold on. Can I just put Jim pause real quick? There's a pivotal. You can always pause. A pivotal moment is that she falls asleep in this, in the bed with this horrible. With her rapist. With her her with rapist. Her, Let's just say her rapist. It. There's no nice way to say your white rapist. And she hears a cell phone ring. Right? Isn't that what it, what causes her? Like she, is that what it is? She hears a cell phone ring. She hears something that sounds like an alarm, right. I think. Or like yeah. a bell. And then, and so then that's when she's like flashing, it, it flashes her back to her life. Does it flash her back? Is that her life? So at this point, she wakes up. She's in bed with her handsome husband. It's modern day times. And she's got a daughter named Kennedy. And she is a bad bitch. And she is so fucking fly. And I was like, first of all, life goals. What did I yes. do wrong? I need facts. To I'll say that. I agree with that 120%. Husband's in the kitchen making her maybe vegan, non-vegan pancakes while she's doing her work in the other room. And Kennedy and they're just this loving, happy family. She gets on a Skype chat or whatever it is, a video interview with some raggedy bitch who, first of all, I was like, you're having a whole full-blown conversation with someone you don't know with your house in the background and this woman is picking out things in your house and she doesn't sound like she likes you. Why are you entertaining this person? And so she's having this conversation trying to figure out who this woman is. And I was like... I, I felt like the first time she made a snarky remark, I would have closed that laptop and been like, nope, not for me. Who is this woman? But she's having this conversation with this lady who's just slick. And she closes the laptop and she's like, enough of that. I got to get to the airport. I have the speech that I'm doing at, um, can't remember what city she was going to, but she was doing a presentation. She's got all these awards and accolades and she's been on being CNN and the news and she's talking about um, black rights and about how black people need to be equal. <laughs> they need to stop being disenfranchised. And I was like, yeah, makes sense. Right. And so she's super popular and well-known in her circle. So she gets to her location and she's spending this entire time, you know, like navigating the space. And it's funny because when you talk about passive racism to people who don't understand what that means, there's a lot of plausible deniability in it. And so there's a bunch of different scenes in there where there's a lot of passive racism. And it's when 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 a black person is telling you something is a little bit racist as a non-person of color or someone who wants to be an ally, it is not your job to argue that this happened to you or this is just a misunderstanding or I don't think this happened because it does. So she's trying to make reservations that night. She sees her friend in a lobby, her friend Jane, I think her name is Jane. She sees her friend in a lobby, white lady, and they're talking and she's like, I'm about to do my panel. She's like, girl, I'm doing my speech too. And they're like, yeah, yeah, chat, chat, chat. Like we're going to meet for dinner tonight. Cool. And so she goes to the concierge to make reservations and a concierge is super dismissive. She's super happy to help with the white people in front of her, but she's super dismissive. Like, hold on, I need to answer this phone call. I know you started talking first, but fuck you. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, could y'all be more like, just stop with the bullshit. And so she just, <laughs> Veronica brushes it off. Like this is not new. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you're dressed like, you're still black. So even the concierge feels like she doesn't have to 
service you in the same manner. For some reason, you can't treat me like a human. So, okay, whatever. I'm So I'm already lit because that's me. I'm at the hotel. I'm in your suite and you got an attitude with me. Okay, never mind. She does her speech. Her assistant, Don, comes in, who's paid by Gabourey um, Sidibe, comes in and her assistant is like, girl, we gonna party, we gonna go at this, we gonna do that, and they're having fun, and they're getting ready to go out to dinner, and so she's like, I'm gonna have dinner with you guys, but I'm not gonna go to the club with you afterwards, so Jane comes, and they're all going to dinner after this, this co- conference is over. They get to the restaurant, and they try to seat them near the table with the dirty dishes. When there's a real good table right in front of them. And so this is where, this is why you need that friend. So Don is like, oh no, you can see why this table is not going to work. And the hostess is trying to say something. She's like, oh no, thank you. We're going to sit right here. Thank you, girl. And she just sits <laughs> over the other table. <laughs> like, you need to stop with the bullshit. Why would you sit us at this table? And then they're trying to order champagne for the table. And the dude offers them Prosecco. And I was just like, first of all, I don't drink. But I know that Prosecco is a sparkling wine. That is not a champagne. Facts. Second of Facts. all, I know Prosecco is no dis, no dis. It is not an expensive champagne for that restaurant with the way they were looking and how they were dressed. Right. He just peeped them and suggested the cheapest shit he could find. And so Veronica is like, I'm going to have the Armand de Bognac. And she's like, yeah, bring that. Thanks. Get it cracking. So I had to pause because, first of all, I'm already lit and I'm heated. And I was like, let me look up the cost of both of these. Audience, do you want to know the, the cost difference? In the two of these, do, Sharon, do you know? Um, I don't know the what the really expensive one that she said, but I'm guessing the cost difference in real life, not in restaurant life, is probably about 150 bucks difference, maybe. Prosecco is 12 bucks. Armand de Berniac is 350 bucks a bottle. Okay, so I didn't know that expensive one. I was knowing I had to check because I was like hold on let me just double check because first of all I don't drink and that sounds super fancy whatever she said but I know it's not Prosecco and I was just like everywhere you go there's an issue so (laughs) Veronica is when they're leaving the restaurant she's like I have this issue with them they're not cleaning my room and Jane's like I don't have that issue and then Don and Veronica just look at each other like of course you don't have that Mm -hmm, issue mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course they're going to clean your room correctly. And it's just like all these little things that when people talk about being black in the space and how things are equal, it's little shit like that where people just take an opportunity to like dig in a little more at your humanity by treating you as inhumane as possible. And then you have to try and prove that. But how can you prove that? Because it seems very abstract and benign, right? Like your room didn't get clean. You get offered Prosecco. They're trying to sit you near the dirty dishes. Maybe this is the only table. Maybe that other table had a reservation on it. Doesn't matter. I had a reservation right. too. Or the concierge ignoring you. Well, it might be important that she takes that phone call. Like it's that dismissive shit that gets on my goddamn nerves. And it happened through the entire movie. And I was like, Sharon quit suggesting these race relation movies because you know I'm going to be very Malcolm X and I'm going to be angry about this shit. So. What? 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 Say it. 
<laughs> I'm ready to fight the world. I don't remember the conversation being that we were going to, that I suggested it. I remember the conversation being, we should talk about it because you're going to be incredibly animated about it. <laughs> no, I said, we could choose anything else from this list and we don't have to talk about this one. And you're like, no, that's one for sure. That's one. I like this one. This one for sure. <laughs> So they get outside and they're like splitting up because she's not going to the club. She's going to go to bed and she's got a 6 a.m. flight. And she calls her husband after they call an Uber. She don't check the Uber license like I do. She just get up in the car like this, my car. And I'm like, first of all, you ain't looking no license plate at all. And she's in one car and her friends are in the other. And while she's in the car, she's asking the driver to turn the the music down. And I'm like, did you even check if that's your car? You just got in any car. There was like three on the street. How do you know that one's yours? Like, it's stupid. And I got mad at her because I was like, well, that's just, I'm trying not to victim blame, but that's real stupid. And that's pretty stupid. Like, why would you even do that? And then she gets a call from her Uber driver and she has an attitude because she's like, I'm already in my Uber. And like, first of all. Someone's calling you from Uber saying they're your ride and they're looking for you. And instead of you being like, oh shit, is this the wrong car? You got an attitude. And I was just like, that's stupid. That was uh, that. <laughs> this is that and those are probably the reasons why the movie does not get a high rating. So she's in the wrong car. She gets kidnapped by the lady she had the awkward interview with when she was back at home. And she wakes up and she is on a plantation. So you place together that, oh, she's not, it's not back in the day. It's not like 400 years ago. This is like happening right now. And somehow she's in a spot where they're on a fucking plantation and they just killing and beating and raping people willy nilly. Um, And so her whole gist is to get off this plantation Mm -hmm. because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, they tried once, they got caught, she got branded, and they're trying again. So she waits until her raper comes back, who is, I think he's the governor. He's the plantation owner, and the person who kidnapped her and had the awkward interview with her was Elizabeth, who was his daughter. Played by the um, lovely Jenna Malone, who does a fantastic job as an evil bitch. Like, she... She does some really good roles, and though. she does really good yeah. roles, like like in that like super bitchy, like oh my god, like she just plays her her role so well. She was the bratty daughter and stepmom uh, with Julia mm-hmm. Roberts and Susan Sarandon way back in the day. She was in um, Hunger Games, right? So she's just she she mm-hmm. does a good job. So Elizabeth, who is the daughter of the governor or the Senator Denton, I guess was his name, um, has orchestrated this kidnapping. So she calls her on the Skype earlier to just like fuck with her mind. And then when she's out, when Veronica's out doing her speech, Elizabeth has been in her hotel suite because she's just like, First of all, I'm white. I could just tell the housekeeper I left my key card in there. She gonna believe me and let me in. And she did it. And she uses her toilet and don't wipe herself. That's just gross. <laughs> and 
And then she takes her Pat McGrath lipstick. And I was like, oh, no, not my Pat McGrath. Because that's some good lipstick. I love me some Pat McGrath, y'all. And she's just trying to, like, mentally fuck with her. So when after she gets out of her room, this is earlier in the scene, after she gets out of um, Elizabeth leaves her room, her creepy daughter... Is it her yeah, daughter that's her. is in the elevator with Veronica. So Veronica's going back to her hotel suite and the girl has a black doll by a rope on the neck and she's dragging her through the hallway. And the girl, I don't know what's wrong with the child, but she looked like if a brother and sister had a baby, that's what it was. She does look inbred. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry if you out there, girl, it's just, I don't know what they was going for, but they got it with you. <laughs> And so she's like in the hallway and she's just making, she's telling her shh in the elevator, telling Veronica shh in the elevator. And I was like, I don't know whose fragile bone daughter this is, but they need to get the fuck on. (laughs) And so you just see all these little things being set up to kind of like fuck with her, but she doesn't know that's what it is. Like she gets in the bouquet with cotton in it and you're like, who the fuck sends you a bouquet with cotton in it? That's... It was racist. So anyway, back to the car. They split up. She's, that's not my Uber. I'm already in the car. She gets kidnapped. You find out the plantation's modern day. She's trying to escape. The Senator Denton has raped her again. And he has a phone at the plantation. He's not supposed to have a phone, but he does. And so he, um, falls asleep as most rapists do. They get real comfortable and they shit. Um, He falls asleep like the bitch ass motherfucker he is. And so Veronica gets out the bed, takes the phone and she starts trying to call for help. She doesn't know where she is. And the reception's not that great, of course, because it's a horror movie and reception's always bad for some reason when you're somewhere else. Like, why do you have a phone? He was just talking to someone and now you have no reception. I don't know. Okay, whatever. So he has, she's not able to get out and get in touch with anyone. She she ends up seeing like the two guys, two white guys from earlier who one of them ended up trying to rape Julia and his friend. And she ends up running into the other dude that she was trying to escape with the first time. I don't remember his name though, but they sit there and are trying to be super quiet. Eli. Yeah. Who she calls the professor. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're sitting there watching these two dudes and she, and she drops the phone and they find the phone and she's like, we don't have to kill them because we got to get that phone back. Cause it's the only way to get out of here and figure out where we are. And so they end up stabbing the two dudes, getting the phone. Senator Denton ends up waking up in the middle of all this scuffle. They have to kill him. And Eli ends up dying in the process. And she's able to get through to her husband, Nick. Is her husband named Nick? Her husband's name is Nick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. she's able to get through to him and the reception's bad. And she's like, I'm going to drop a pen and show you where I am. And so she drops this pen and now she's just trying to escape this plantation alone. Cause now she doesn't have any more allies with her. And so she ends up getting on this horse and you don't tie together. I think the first time when you're looking at, at her life, 
in her modern world, like where she is, they do this pan flash of all her achievements and you see her doing, um, what do you, what do you call it? Horse fair, um, dressage, not dressage, but dressage. dressage. Okay. I think it's dressage. Well, dressage yes. is when they do so, like the, anyway, but she's, um, I just assumed it was all part of the same, same realm, the same world. I'm not in that space. So apologies if I get this wrong, but you see her like doing horse jumping. And so you're like, Oh, is she about to ride this horse? And you're like, Oh yeah, she can ride horses. She's badass. And she is out. She is out. People are shooting at her, but she is out. She's got her hatchet. <laughs> She's got a horse. And for some reason, Elizabeth, <laughs> catches up to her and decides to take out all her white rage on this beautiful black woman and be like, I didn't even want you here. My daddy wanted you because you was talking all that smack about how black people needed rights. And so (laughs) Veronica ends up whooping her ass. As she should. She gets stabbed a little bit. She gets stabbed a little bit, but she ends up whooping her ass and she ends up Tying the rope around her neck and dragging that bitch through the field. And I was like, that makes me happy inside. (laughs) Now, I know a lot of you modern people are going to be like, but nothing should ever make you be so angry that you would wish that on anyone. You know what? Yeah, yeah, it should. You know why? Because I know that rage and I know that anger. And I feel like sometimes vindication is justified. And in this case, it was hella justified. You see this scene where she is riding this horse finally to freedom with this hatchet. And she is just, she's lost her shit. And she's all bloody in her face because she's trying to escape. And you see, you hear all these guns going off and you see what looks like this war happening. So it looks like a civil war is taking place. And you find out Antebellum is a Civil War reenactment park. And they had spent this whole time building a plantation on this park where quite a few white people knew it existed Mm -hmm. and had no problem with what was going on there and took privilege in being able to take part in having real life slaves, raping women, beating women, killing people. They even had the... um, Back in slave days, they used to burn people alive in a furnace in a little brick house and just lock the door and let you burn. They had one of those they were using that too. So it was one of those things where it was just a percentage of how horrific real slavery was because that's not even the full story of it, but it's so bad enough that I think it gives you a taste of when you ask people or you say, slavery we were so long ago. No, we still talking about it. It's real bad. It was bad then. And it's the effects of what happened back then still affect today. And until that stops happening, we ain't going to stop talking about it. So that is my summary of antebellum. Sharon, you can take it from here. Cause I'm going to be real angry if I say anything. Okay. Else. So, um, <laughs> let me just, you know, let me, let me get my my pages of notes. Yes, because I had. Wait, hold on. I I do I do have one. Okay. Here here's one thing. Why why did all the slaves, if it's modern time, have four C hair and no perms? 
Even the brothers didn't have no fade. Did you peep that? Well, how long? Nobody had a perm. <laughs> it wasn't that long. It was not that long. They took them straight out, straight away. Well, okay, but is it because there's a whole movement on natural hair? I mean, you really don't see too many people with perms anymore unless it's weaves. Yeah, but nobody had a fade. Everybody looked like they just came to the from one plantation to another. Not a dread in sight. Not a, you know. Yeah, no. That Well, I mean, okay, so what I was going to say is Rotten to I had a part two to Rotten that. Rotten to do you want to go there? Wait, can I, can I do my yes, part two? Yes, go ahead. Why did everyone talk like a slave? Okay, so to your, to your, to your point, to your point, <laughs> this movie scored a 30% in Rotten Tomatoes. So not only is the subject matter hard and awful, um, there's obviously some some holes, right? But yeah, thirty percent. Uh, IMDb five point eight out of ten. Yeah, but that's just I'm gonna say it. Even I wouldn't rate it that low. It's still a good movie. It just makes you angry. White people are going to rate it low because it makes you uncomfortable and you literally want to forget this happened. And until we acknowledge it and just make it part of our rhetoric, it's always going to come up. If they can do it in Germany with the Nazis, why are we so resistant to this? So my notes specifically say this movie is so hard rating so low based on subject matter. Right. But also the holes, but I think it's also because the subject matter is just really painful. Um, Every time I watch slave movies, I just want to kill the masters. Like it makes me, I don't care what the situation is. I just want to kill them. Like Susie Sunshine over here wants to kill people. That is, that. that's facts. Um, you can't just label yourself Susie Sunshine. You got to wait to be inducted into the hall. Um, I literally hear that I'm Susie Sunshine from you guys like on a daily basis. <laughs> Every time I get mad, you guys are like, you guys are you're so cute. <laughs> it doesn't seem real. I'm like, are you angry for real? Or this is as angry as you get? Okay. Um, this is okay. So a couple things for me. Uh, Veronica slash Eden was hunted. And... Um, Elizabeth, Jenna Malone's character, referred to her as a headhunter. <laughs> referred to herself as a headhunter. So I was like, okay, see what they did there. Um, other notes. Uh, Eden was staying in the Jefferson suite. I saw that. Right, peep that. I peeped yeah. that. Um, other notes that I had. Quit calling her Eden. Her name is, that's her slave name. Her name is I, Veronica. I know Veronica. <laughs> Um, what was up with Gabre Sidibe? I liked her and was annoyed by her all at the same time. I liked her. What do you mean? Why were she you annoyed? Just, she was perfect. I didn't feel like she was perfect. I felt like she was like when the guy sends over the, the drink and she checks him for it. And I was like, that's a bit much, bro. <laughs> like, 
I mean, where's drinking $350 bottle of champagne and you sent me over a cranberry vodka and she was right. Not saying she wasn't there's, right, but the way she checked him was, about, I was like, you don't gotta be extra. There's, there's a way of, there that is an extra, that's setting an expectation on what you expect from men because men will give you trash and expect you to fall at their feet. And she was just saying, if you want someone who has class and is worth your time, what you do is, and it is what you do. You ask what that person is drinking and you send them over another glass of that drink. Even I know that. I hundred And for you to I get agree. like the cheapest thing. I agree. And I was like, read it because there's nothing lost. We don't have to have a relationship after this, but you should learn for the next time you do this, that women are going to talk about you as soon as you walk away and say, he sent over this cheap ass drink and we over here drinking A, B, and C. Like I'm not trash. I'm not a trash person. And I fully get that. I fully get that. I just felt like she was so, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Hold on. Hold on. And she's not wrong, but then she's like, but here's my number anyway. See, I had to cut it off. And I've actually. Then don't call if you don't like that, but this is what you're getting. And I actually have corrected somebody for not coming at me correctly. And they were actually. But how did you do oh, it? I, as Susie Sunshine? No, or did no. You do it I, as- no, I didn't do it like that, but I did it very much <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm about to drop one of my unicorns and I'm trying to think about the experience. Here we go. <laughs> Sharon's hidden secrets that we don't get to talk about. But it's, it's, I don't mind her personality. I get her personality because she's, if she were, if she was white and she was doing that, no one would have batted an eye. You would be like, of course. I would have you thought she, I, I would have thought she was I mean But but I've I've seen two that same person in different colors doing that same thing. And sometimes she's just like lively and outgoing and she's like too much. And I'm like, I don't think that's too much. I think it's exactly right. Like if you still want to call me after this because you know that I have this level, then do so. Other than that, I'm not losing anything over your cranberry vodka. Not at all. I don't know. I felt like it was a bit. She was. She just was like. I was like, girl, calm down. That was my feeling. And even the way she was like talking to. There's an earlier scene, um, when after Veronica gives her speech, and she walks up to Veronica and she does like this, mm, like bye, like. She just. I was like, really, like, really. We just walking around through life, just being like that about it, like. I didn't get that. It bugged me. Like she was the character that was like, but I, when she did that, I was like, yeah, rescue me. I don't want to be in this fucking conversation. Come over here and get me. (laughs) She was like, yeah, thank you. All right. Bye. We'll see you. She was not like, all right, bye. She was like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." bang. I was like, oh gosh. You're a hater. I'm, I, uh, and I don't know what to I'm do. I'm not with a that. hater. I, but I'm definitely going to be her. Oh. I'm going to be Don going forward when we're in public, and I'm going to show my whole ass. <laughs> like, thank you. Bye. You know, all this. I don't know. I feel like if she had been a dude and she had that same energy, I've seen it happen, and people just like he's really in charge. He knows what he wants. Very definitive. Or if I think a that's woman, rude too. You'd be like, she's getting to bed, or she's a bitch, or she's blah blah. I blah. think it's all rude. I don't know. I think it's all rude. Um, I didn't think that second one was rude. I, I didn't. didn't think that I was didn't. Rude at all. It wasn't so much. I thought she was rude. I just thought it was a bit much. I was just like, mm, okay. 
she was just enough for the situation. Mm. Well, we can agree to disagree on that one. Um, no, we gonna agree to agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> what else do you have over there? I had. Um, let's see. The idea that the people that they were trying to enslave were all people like, like the one person was a professor and we didn't get what Julia's story was, but Julian knew who Veronica was. And mm-hmm. so that how these, these, you know, but she had been on television. Like you saw her in that. Right. And the right? professor like, also, there, it flashes back to the professor was somebody famous as well. And there's like a moment like where you're start you're knowing that these people are it implies that they are um they're established they're, they're established in whatever, whatever their area is mm-hmm. and how they specifically hunted the uppity blacks. Right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like you know, not that you should be hunting anybody, but you know, the concept of the 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 um the people that were not as well established. So I thought that. Yeah, there was joy being taken in bringing someone down to a level where they felt like they should. That was just so awful. Like, oh, I was just like, damn, they just was. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I noted was um, Mary Spears, who was the costuming person. Um, she's mm-hmm. all black. Uh, well, Janelle Monet insisted on all black owned designers for her wardrobe. Oh, thank God. Um, can she tell me what she got that orange suit? Cause that was hot. Dude, every, everything she had on was fly, you know? Oh, when she was in a hotel lobby, ah, oh, the concierge was like, what is that? I can't wear that. I can't get away with that. I mean, ev- but that looked good. I want everything that she wore and that everything everybody wore really. I mean, even crazy ass, um, uh, Jenna Malone's character was tight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was, I was really impressed with the wardrobe and I love that they focused on um, black designers. I spent a lot of this movie real angry. Um, and I don't ever want to watch it again. It's kind of like hereditary. I need to only see it once and then I'm, I'm kind of over it. I don't feel like I'm going to um, be watching it again anytime soon. Like I feel like, that was mm-hmm. that was enough. Thank you. <laughs> it's a lot, and and I think the reason it makes me uncomfortable uncomfortable it's the word I'm trying to say is I don't think that's a far stretch of the imagination. I don't. And the entire time when she's trying to escape, the only thing I kept thinking inside my head is, how are they going to try and pin some of this on her and make her seem like? she wasn't the victim in every situation. Oh God. That is what I, wow. Really? Yep. I was like, well, make sure the way you're killing them is legit because it feels like to me, if this has been going on for this long and no one said boo about it and all these people are missing because you know, when black people go missing, no one gives a good goddamn. Then how's that going to shape up when you get, to the court system and figure out who was really involved in what's going on and how much plausible deniability is kind of like the, um, the terrorist at the Capitol 
who just come in and all of a sudden no one knows anything and everyone's getting slapped on the wrist because yeah, it's white people. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's not that bad. It's, it's kind of okay. And so I spent that whole part of that movie when she's escaping, like who knows if they're going to think that's like a, a you cleanly murdered these people or are they going to try and be like, well, she could have done something else instead of murdering this person. And she burnt up two people in here and she dragged somebody by the neck and that is where my mindset. Is. It's actually funny that you should say that because I remember thinking when the um, when she put the two people in there, and I was like, "Ooh, girl, that's gonna be hard to explain away." <laughs> yep. And I totally thought the same thing. And then I thought, mm-hmm. I thought, God, it shouldn't even matter. And then I thought, just then I thought, wow, that's a shame that we even have to go there. Like legit. That's what this whole movie is about. The whole movie is intended to make you uncomfortable and to think. And it, it's not, I'm not uncomfortable with it. It's a familiar landscape Mm -hmm, to me. mm -hmm. So navigating that space and the expectations of what you think can and can't happen. That's super realistic to me. However, for people who are low voting this on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever it is, those are the people who are like, um, plausible deniability, well, racism's dead. Well, why do we keep talking about it? Like, those are what I assume the low votes are from. And so this this whole thing from beginning to end was just a total mindfuck. It was well done. It was a good movie. I just don't want to ever see it again. No, I, I definitely... Um... I would rather watch the nanny than this. I would watch nanny over this. Really? That's how bad. That's how how much I don't want to see this again. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And I hate nanny. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if you've heard from earlier podcasts. Um Yeah, I'm trying to like see Yeah, you know, actually, as I kind of like look at some of the reviews, I don't see too much. Um, I don't see too much of a narrative about the um, about why people like you know that it's because they don't want to talk about it. A lot of it is the technical piece, like the technical pieces, the things that don't um, line up. Yeah, but you can punch holes in anything. Like when we talked about the girl with all the gifts, you know, how are zombie children eating their way out of people's bellies if they ain't got no <laughs> Right, teeth. exactly. You know, it's low voting for that. So it's all cover up bullshit. Once again, microaggressive bullshit where, well, maybe it is true. Maybe they just hated all the technical pieces of it. And I'm like, no, they didn't. Let's just stop pretending and... I spend a lot of time getting annoyed with people who think if you don't talk about shit or if it's invisible that everyone forgets it. We don't forget. And we already know. And you denying it doesn't make it go away just because it makes your brain feel better. Just know that everyone outside is still knowing and understanding what's going on in the real world, regardless of whether you want to acknowledge it or not. And so this, that's what I think of those low scores. Um, I think it's a good movie. Watch it once, like hereditary. Once you watch it once, you don't need to see it again. It just unless you're into to black people being slaves, and if you watch it multiple times, you know, just 
fax me your address. <laughs> Let me know where you are so we can have a conversation about why. I love that you keep going back to those super archaic ways of uh, <laughs> communication. That's my way of saying, don't send me shit. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> I don't, don't want to know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this movie is certainly um, incredibly uncomfortable. I mean... It is, it is not an easy watch um, and it shouldn't be an easy watch and you shouldn't be entertained by it in the sense of, um, in the sense of like, there's any real winners here. You know what I mean? Because when you're watching, you know, even as you go through it and you get to the end, you look at this, the destruction that's occurred, right? People... You know, and how high up this went that there's a person in government who is 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 com- you know committing these these atrocities. So it's not a feel good like it just even when she gets out alive, you do feel like I mean I don't know in modern times you just- because you're so you're so tired of being targeted just because you were born with some extra melanin. Like it is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my goddamn life. And people will make a whole fucking platform about it instead of just letting that shit go. Yeah. And so that's why it's obnoxious. That's why you watch it once and let that shit go. Um, so these filmmakers that, that did this movie, Gerard Bush and uh, what was the name? No. Yeah, Gerard Bush and Christopher someone this is the first movie that they've done. They had done some other things before, and they're actually a couple. Um, and the reason why there was a reason why I wanted to bring it up. Now I, got, I can't remember why I wanted to bring it up, but I think it was because um, this was their first journey into full-length feature films. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I want everyone in the audience to know that for this entire podcast, I've been frowning the entire time, just the whole time. Christopher Wren, that's it. And I think this is the only time I've ever done a podcast and I've just frowned because I've been so upset. Yep. Um, It's Christopher Wren's. Yep. And they're a couple, Gerard Bush and Mm. Christopher Wren's. And they haven't done anything else to date. Um. And I think it's in it. He did Rapture. He did 17 in 2017. And then this. Movie. Right. But as a couple, as together, they haven't done anything else. Oh, yeah. They haven't done anything else together. Um, Christopher Renz had done some stuff beforehand. Um, separately, I believe. But they haven't really done anything else together since. And, and, you know, and again, that, that was, I mean, it's, this was a heavy lift, right. To like, to bring this out into the world. I mean, I was like, it's not easy. I hope they bring more stuff out. I hope they do more movies, but if it's on this vein, I'm going to tell you, it may take me a minute to get into it. Cause I'm just, I'm tired of slave movies because I've seen them already. Right. I want to see change movies. Right. And I want to see us in different spaces. I agree. Well, before I continue down a rage riot, Sharon, don't laugh at me because I'm angry. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and wrap with Antebellum. Sharon, it's not funny. Slavery is not funny. And now I'm laughing about Slavery it. Slavery is never funny. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. It should make you angry and mad. 
And Ron DeSantis can kick rocks trying to rewrite history, but that's another story. Oh, God. Okay. Well, that's the end of this. <laughs> well, that is a wrap on Antebellum. Um, I do think it's one of those films that check it out. Um, there are some gems in that film, but um, it will make you mad. And if it doesn't, check your pulse. Ooh, Just saying. I like that. Um, right? As a reminder, and what we continually forget to do at the beginning and end of these podcasts. Do you guys know we have a website? I feel like we don't <laughs> tell people we have a website or we have a Facebook page or we have a Twitter account. But literally, if you go to notabsolutelynot.com, you can see all of the links to all the good things. And we try to post there as frequently as we can. Um, but share it around. Visit it. Get a look at me and Sharon's face if you're curious as to what we look like because you didn't watch our video from last season. <laughs> and other than that, um, I think Sharon season two is, this is it. It's a wrap. Oh, I'm kind of sad. It's a wrap for season two. Yeah. It's a wrap. That's like the D TikTok song, It's a Wrap by Mariah Carey. Do, 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 do. I don't even have anything to say to any of that. That's how I feel about today. But I needed to end it on a lighthearted note. So thank you. Thank you kindly. There you go. The lighthearted note was my horrible singing, but that's okay. Yes. And from Sharon and Tamora, we want to say thank you for listening to us. And we hope you enjoyed season two of Nah, Absolutely Not. Bye. Bye.